0: Good morning, Uh, just a quick reminder and an update about women's events that are coming up for this fall. So um, Bible studies are starting in September, most of them are starting in September, and there is one change, uh, the usual Monday evening Bible study is now changed till Tuesday evening. Um, so everybody can make it. We changed it to Tuesday. Um, and I have a sign-up sheet this week. Didn't have it last week. I miss Eileen <laughs> very much. She kind of kept me organized. Um, so we have it one this week. So I will be in the Commons with the sign-up sheet. Um, if you have any questions, let me know. Or go ahead and sign up for Bible studies. And uh, then the few events that are coming up. Uh, the prayer walk in October, worship evening, and then our Christmas gathering in December. Um, they're on a little piece of paper. I hope you all the women got one. If not, we will give you one just as a reminder. Keep it um, so you can put it on your calendar. Thank you.
1: Thanks, Kathy. Well, we have one reminder for youth. Uh, we've kind of had a little break with youth the past couple weeks um, from youth stuff. But this week on Wednesday, we are kicking off the fall uh, with our first youth group. And we're going to have some dinner, have some fun, have some pizza. Um, so we're kicking off this this Wednesday. Uh, and you may notice the time is a little different, 6 to 8.15. Uh, that's actually going to be our new time for youth group. So all your parents n- note on that. Uh, so we'll be meeting this Wednesday. Uh, and then we'll continue to meet after that. Uh, the regularly on Wednesdays, and I will be putting out a new calendar for all all the parents. I'll be sending out an email tomorrow uh, to keep you updated on all of our youth stuff. Thanks.
2: Thank you, Jordan. Uh, Just a couple final announcements. Um, uh, Yeah, next Sunday, uh, September 10th, uh, we're having kind of a fall kickoff um, uh, celebration, service, Next week, uh, it's really going to be a family day, so the service is actually going to be a little bit shorter than normal. We're going to (laughs) have... Wow. All right, let's do that again. Okay, the service is going to be a little bit shorter than normal. All right. See, the true sentiment comes out. Okay, that's good. I'm not surprised about you, Carl. Okay. Uh, But the service is going to be... I'm not saying that again. After what I said twice now already, uh, we're going to have a lot of food and we're going to have fun games and dunk tank and all sorts of stuff outside. And like Richie said this morning, it's for us to be and celebrate and enjoy one another as a family together. So just uh, be sure to... be here because we want to have fun. And we're going to actually do something special next Sunday, too, as part of that is have um, as part of fundraising for our Mexico uh, uh, Homes of Hope uh, building trip that's going to be coming up. We're going to have root beer floats next uh, Sunday at the family thing. So bring your money. Um, There are actually no cost for the root beer floats. It's going to just be whatever the Lord puts on your heart to donate, Um, but come with an appetite and uh, ready to participate in uh, what we're going to be doing. We're also going to be having, we have one baptism scheduled already for next Sunday. That'll be part of what we do as well. If anyone would like to get baptized, absolutely not too late. Let us know this week or even uh, next Sunday morning. Hey, I, the Lord's moving me. I'd like to get baptized. So we're going to be doing baptisms as well. Um, the last announcement has to do with Mexico. Again, just a reminder that we have a group of people who are going to be going down October 29th uh, for a week, building two homes down in Ensenada. We have plenty of room for people. So if the Lord puts it on your heart, please sign up. We do need to get signups really kind of accomplish in the next couple of weeks to get our numbers kind of solidified. If you have any questions about it, I'm happy to talk to you about that. Um, and then we have a very uh, significant fundraising goal. Again, if the Lord uh, just puts it on your heart to donate money, you can do that through any of the different ways that we donate money here and just uh, you know, allocate it or mark it as being for Mexico or Homes of Hope, something that will make sure that that's where the money goes. So... Um, I think that that
3: is it. Awesome. Thank you, Mark. When Bill was doing the uh, the opener, he talked about, the, you know, the stuff of life and things that uh, you and I are going through, have been through maybe this week. You know already something's on the agenda that you haven't been looking forward to handling or you've been kicking the can down the road for a bit. And sometimes, you know, life happens. And if we're not careful... Um, if you're like me, if you're not careful, you can tend to focus on the thing rather than the Lord. Anyone? Right? And you focus and you focus and you focus, and that thing gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And before you know it, whatever that issue is, trial, tribulation, concern, uh, sometimes it gets so big that you kind of lose perspective, and you forget who's really in control. That God is still in control. And if you're a a child of God through faith in Jesus, you're part of the fam. And so he's not only God, creator of the universe, he's your dad. He's a ba. You're right. And the Bible says there's nothing too difficult for him. And uh, we're going to teach you a new song today. It's really like this anthem celebration song. Reminds us that God is for us. And uh, it's by a band called City of Light, a great worship band, just very scriptural based. And their songs just come out of the word of God. And so this song is called God is for us, and it's really based on Romans eight thirty-one to 39. And I wanted to read those, those verses to you as an encouragement, as a reminder, maybe for someone here or online, maybe it's something that the Lord needs you to, to hear from him about whatever you're going through. So Romans eight thirty-one to 39 says this. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, We are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen? So here's what we want to do. Before we sing this song, I'm just going to give you a moment whatever burden you're carrying. Scripture itself says, cast your burdens on the Lord, for He cares for you. So let's just come before God right now, whatever it is, from the smallest to the largest, just just bow your head and bring it before God and cast it upon Him because nothing is too difficult for Him. Just give you a few moments between you and the Lord. So if you uh, came in a little later, we uh, shared with you, we're going to do something a little bit different. Today with family service and uh, really kind of want to focus on the heart of why we're together. Uh, You know that we're going through the Gospel of Mark. And in the last few weeks, we've been through Chapter 2. And in Chapter 2, we see that Jesus has been really confronting the religious leaders and the religious establishment, what we call the Old Covenant, the Old Guard, right? Rules, regulations, traditions. Jesus shows up. Right? And uh, right away, he he demonstrates that he's God by forgiving sins. He says, you know what? I'm the great physician. I'm going to go where the the spiritually sick people are. I'm going to go hang out with Matthew and his boys, the sinners and tax collectors, you know, as the great physician. And then he says, you know what? And by the way, I'm the bridegroom. I'm the bridegroom. We should celebrate me being here. Amen? Right? We talked about last Sunday celebrating your relationship with Jesus. Right? Rather than becoming so, like, burdened and, and, and consumed with the do's and, and don'ts of following Jesus that, hey, he's the bridegroom and we should be celebrating who we are in Christ as if you would at a wedding. Amen? So again, I just, just a quick survey. How many of you this week celebrated, started your days off with saying thank you? God, thank you for who I am in Christ. Thank you for your blessings. Thank you that you are the bridegroom. And thank you for your promises. That sometimes, again, we elevate circumstances above celebration. Because, quite frankly, if there's any people on this planet who have a reason to celebrate every day, it's believers. Amen? Right? And we have to choose, it's a discipline. To stay there. And that's, you know, last Sunday we talked about him being the bridegroom, new wine in the new wineskins, right? And so I'm hoping that you took that this past week and that you chose in some capacity to walk in newness of life. I'm hoping that something this past seven days, since we talked about that, that you were a doer of the word and that you said, Lord, today I want to do something new. I, w- I want to I have an adventure today. Okay? Let me, let me just ask you, let me just kind of poke a little bit about how routine we are and how uh, we are about life. How many of you drove here today the exact same way? The exact same. How many of you have done it so many times, you're on autopilot and you get here? And you're like, was that light red? I don't even remember passing the post office, right? We go on such autopilot that if we're not careful, we do that with our life. And I'm not saying routine and all that is bad. What I am saying is that if you're not careful, even with Jesus, it becomes so routine that you lose the celebration. You lose a sense of adventure. He says, walk in newness of life in the power of the resurrection, right? And that's the appeal to the people of the world. That should be appealing. We should be, you know, the word enthusiasm is entheos, which is in God, Right? So, if we're in Christ, we should technically be the most enthusiastic people on this planet. We should be. We're entheos. We should be enthusiastic. And yet, you, chapter two is kind of just reminding us, you know, with the Pharisees and everything like, man, my following of Jesus, my Christianity, even how I do life just becomes rules and regulations and traditions. And I, I don't remember the last time I celebrated salvation being a new creation in christ and, and that's the joy of you know this this book and chapter two and we're going to kind of continue that just a little bit uh, the next passage that we're going to be focusing on uh, primarily next week and maybe the week beyond in mark 2 23 to 28 jesus and the pharisees have another confrontation they get into it again and this time it's about the sabbath Right. Jesus and his boys are walking through the field. They're hungry. They start picking grain and the Pharisees. And again, I'm not sure why the Pharisees were following through the field. It's kind of funny. Right. If you're like, yeah, what were they doing there? That's kind of weird. Probably just waiting to see catch him again. Right. The old we're going to catch him again. So they have this interaction and the Pharisees kind of get bent again. Right. They've been bent all chapter two and they haven't learned. Right. So Jesus kind of calls them out, and they say, hey, they're like, Jesus, what's up? It's the Sabbath. Why are they plucking grain and eating? And Jesus kind of calls them out, and we're going to look at that next week because he's the Lord of the Sabbath. And he says, no, they're fine. They're fine. Don't you you know the Bible? Right? He calls them out with Bible. He says, you remember David in the Old Testament? David and his boys were hungry, and they ate the bread that only the priests were supposed to eat, right? So he's like, dude, don't you know the word? Right? Calls them out. But the verse today that, that I want to share with you, and, and next week we're going to walk through that passage, and maybe the following week we're going to talk about this idea of Sabbath. It's kind of a churchy word, right? And many of you have been in church and so say, yeah, I should do a Sabbath. But how many of you, your life is just crazy, busy, right? Intentionally, unintentionally, how many of you find that uh, scrolling just takes up time? That, oh, thank you, Linda, for that giggle. I know now. So, right? So I got to do a Sabbath. I got to do a Sabbath, right? And we're going to look at what is a Sabbath. What does the Bible say about a Sabbath, right? But today, in Mark 2.27, Jesus says to them, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. And, And what he means by that, remember, he's talking to the religious leaders. He says, basically what he's saying is, hey, Pharisees, when God created the Sabbath, it was meant to be a blessing. It was designed for you to cease. The word Sabbath means cease, stop. So the point of the Sabbath was to be a blessing to man to cease from six days of work and focus on the Lord, your spiritual needs, rest, rejuvenation. It was to be a blessing. Everyone say blessing, right? When he says the Sabbath was made for man, a blessing, not man for the Sabbath, what happened was the Pharisees and religious leaders made up all these crazy rules about sabbath keeping how far you could walk what you could cook all this kind of crazy stuff that we're going to look at next sunday so what happened is they turned the sabbath from a blessing into bondage from a blessing into bondage now they're no longer focusing on god now they're no longer celebrating god and his blessings and unresting and getting rejuvenated for the week now the sabbath is just bondage to more rule-keeping, more legalistic rule-keeping. And I was thinking about that this week and in light of the service, and I'm like, I wonder, in 2023, even the way we do church, coming to church, if maybe we flipped it as well, if we... Maybe focus more on the how of church, the what of church, versus the heart of church. See, the heart of the Sabbath was to be a blessing. The Pharisees flipped it and focused on the how and the what's, and they turned it into bondage. I wonder, and you know, just kind of, this is personal reflection, how many of you today, as you thought of coming to church, said, oh man, what a blessing, I'm going to be blessed. This is going to be a blessing. I'm going to celebrate. I get to focus on God. I get to be around God's people, right? Versus how many of you this morning was like, we got to be there when? We got to eat. It's Sunday. Another to-do. Man, it's my only day to sleep in, yeah, What you know, and, and then what do we got? How do we got to dress? How do we got to dress for that church, right? And then we got to sit in rows and, you know, and, you know. We're not careful. We flip this gathering from a blessing to bondage. Because now this is just another thing on my schedule and your schedule of how to do it and what to do. How many of you came here? If you want your church experience to be radically shifted starting like now and then every other Sunday, come because it's a blessing. Come in the freedom of Christ. And who you are in Christ, to be blessed, to worship God, be in God's word, and be among God's people. Amen? This is a blessing. This is a blessing. You know, and I'm hoping that you see that. You know, that's what I, 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 I tell the guys in, this morning, because it was really literally all guys this morning. I was like, I hope people come here and in some way, shape, or form, when you leave, you grew in your love for God and your love for each other. That's why you should come to church. Now, what has happened in our consumer-oriented culture and our consumer-oriented version of church in America particularly is it's me-centered. We come to church so I get something out of it. I get a good message. I get a word from God. I get a good song. I get my sprinkle donut. I get my, you know, what I, I, I... And then when we say, ready, break, amen, see you next week, we leave here thinking, I got something out of that, or I didn't get anything out of that. That's bondage, and you're missing the point. This is not about I, it's about him. First and foremost, when you come to church, it's about coming into the presence of God. We just happen to have a nice building which eliminates all this is dying to do. Okay. The idea that this is like some special, all this is designed to do, and all we work very hard to do is eliminate distractions. So when you come here, you can be focused on God, right? See, I know if I were to have the bridge raise the blinds, some of you would start counting the birds, you look at your car, admire your car, and you say, Man, that other car needs to be washed. You like your minds would just like focus. You just, I'd lose you. I'd lose you. Right? So, what we do here is we try to create an environment with the lights and even the temperature. Right? When the Saturday, when the Sunday, when the AC broke, I lost a, a bunch of you. You went to Snooze Land. It got so hot, and you were like, I'm out. And you guys are so cute. It's like school, because I see this whole different thing. How many of you in school fought falling asleep, like head bob, like drool, like, oh, my gosh? And how many of you, after a time, you just like, I'm not even fighting it. My head's going down on the table. Like, Well, that's Sunday, because the temperature got a little warm. Some of you all had stayed up late Saturday because you were gone as soon as it hit 75, 76, and you're like, oh, it's too warm. I'm out. Put your head down on somebody you don't even know. (laughs) Oh, what? All this is designed to do, okay? It's not to elevate the well. We aren't trying to be the biggest, baddest, anything in here. All we are trying to do, and, and keeping it clean, and Diana does a great job, you know, cleaning every, and the crew does just a great job. All we want you to do is have a place every Sunday to come love and worship God. Period, and through that, the more we love and worship God, we love and we love each other more. We worship together, and we just learn to love each other more. We share lives, we share baby dedications, baptisms. We talk, we talk. We ask for prayer, and so we're going to next week really walk through that passage because I really want. As I was, I'm like, I was reading that and about the Sabbath, and I'm like, man, Lord. I hope as a church we never get consumed with the how of church and lose the heart of church. Right? Because here's the thing. How many of you were at home when that earthquake hit? Got a little shit, right? Tyler was here and they hadn't left yet and he came in here and these speakers were like, and stuff in my office came off the top shelves and all that. Here's the thing. If this was not usable, you know where we would be? Would we cancel church? Right there. We'd be in the field. Because we can love God and each other outside these four walls. Amen? But if we get so fixated on the building and the how, we was, oh, I guess church is canceled. No. Who said? Go to Soul Park. Go do church at Libby. I don't know. Wherever. Because the church is where the people are. Right? And so this morning with family service, we really wanted to actually carve out more time on the back end to give you time to just fellowship. Share lives. Love one another. Maybe meet a new friend. Maybe have some time of prayer with Randy and his team up here. To kind of break the cycle of how we do church, even at the well. Because we try to be pretty free flow around here, but we have a road map. And we can even get stuck in rut and routine if we're not careful. And tradition. Now, it doesn't mean that God isn't a God of order. and all that. We we like order and all that. But we always have to guard that we don't elevate the how versus the heart. And even in your walk with the Lord... Why do you read the Bible? Why do you pray? Why do you go to that Bible study? I'm hoping because it facilitates your heart for God. Amen? But if you're not careful, you elevate now your walk with Christ to a bunch of hows and whats. And so to bring us back to really the heart of why we're together, the heart of our relationship with God, uh, I asked Mark if he would kind of just share his heart about communion. We celebrate communion every Sunday as a church family, but on family service, we really look forward to really just maybe breaking the cycle a little bit. And as a church family, being able to focus on the heart of why we're even together. So Mark, you want to come up?
2: I love that word, blessing, because I think it really pertains to what I want to talk about and what we're going to do in a little bit is taking the Lord's Supper, taking the bread, taking the wine to remember Jesus. That is a blessing. The, the Just the fact that we get to do this and do this together, that is a blessing. But um, I want to just kind of just paint a picture uh, for all of us just to help us again, kind of get past maybe the routine of doing this every week, and we, you know, we do it kind of the same way, and we do it every week, and like anything else in life, it can become just kind of routine, we don't think about it so much anymore, we don't dwell on it, we don't meditate about it, and I want to kind of challenge and just lay out some information, kind of paint a picture that will perhaps help all of us today um, really think about and understand what a blessing that this is. <clears throat> When you think about kind of where did the Lord's Supper come from, it really, you know, uh, occurred or first occurrence was Jesus with his disciples in the upper room. And this was hours before Jesus was about to be betrayed. The scripture tells us that he knew that his hour had come. He knew that what his father had sent him to do had been accomplished and he was going to die within the next 24 hours. And he knew this. And this was not easy. You know, Jesus was a man. Jesus was God, but he really struggled with the fact that this is what is all going to happen to me in the next 24 hours. But who was this man? Jesus, a human being, albeit God, a perfect man, both God and perfect human being, in this upper room with these men. And he starts, and he's talking to them, and they're having dinner together. They're they're celebrating the Passover, and then he, he... Takes the bread, and he breaks it and gives it to them. He takes the cup, and he passes it around, and he says things to them. But who was this guy? Who was Jesus? Um, let me just, I just want to read one passage out. This is First uh, John 1, 1 to 5. says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through him. And without him was nothing made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. That is such an amazing statement about who Jesus is. So I'm going to read it again, and I'm just going to change one word to Jesus. Because when John is talking about it, and he uses this concept, the word, he's talking about Jesus. So John is saying in the beginning was Jesus. Before all of creation, before anything was made, before anything existed, Jesus was. And Jesus was with God, and Jesus was God. Jesus was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Jesus, and without Jesus was nothing was not anything made that was made in Jesus was life and the life was the light of men the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it so the man who was in that room in that upper room talking with his disciples that night this is who he was this is God incarnate, God in his majesty, God the glorious, God the eternal, God the amazing, God the indescribable, God the one that is so hard for us to even comprehend, who was before all things, in all things, all things were created through him. The man who was standing in that room, talking about his body and his blood, it was him. That was who was saying these things to these men. And he was the light, and the light came into the darkness. And when I was reading that, uh, Kathy and I went to a, um, an event just this last week with Teen Challenge down here. If you're not familiar with Teen Challenge, a wonderful organization for men and women that are, are coming alongside them through faith to help them out of addiction. And wonderful programs. So we were, it's a fundraising dinner that Kathy and I went to. And there's a lot of testimonies that are being given and they sing and just wonderful things that take place. But the testimonies that these women gave just this last week are about darkness. These are women who have lived in the absolute darkest places of drug addiction, of sex addiction, of alcohol addiction, and have lost their way completely. And what they're doing right now is... Light has penetrated their darkness. Light has pierced the darkness that those women were living in. And that light is Jesus Christ. That's who has pierced their hearts. That who has penetrated their lives. That light of Jesus has come into their darkness and is in setting them free when they have believed in him and received him. And I'm so encouraged by that. Just, uh, just the other day, I was just down at the post office, and one of these young ladies, Rose, was standing outside of the post office. If you've ever seen them in town, they, they're at ACE sometimes in the post office. And frankly, they're just raising money for the ministry. And I walked up to Rose, and, and I just wanted to talk with her, and I wanted to pray for her. Um, and I asked her, Rose, is this easy for you? You're standing out, little table, red shirt. You're standing in front of the post office, People are coming and going. Some people try to not make eye contact. Some people are nice enough to say hi. And occasionally somebody stops. And I asked her, Rose, what's this like for you? Is this easy, standing here and doing what you're doing? And she looked at me and she said, there is nothing in my life right now that's easy. Nothing. Nothing in my life is easy right now. And she, wa- she wasn't complaining. She was stating a fact. That she has lived, she's in her mid-20s, she has lived a long time in a very, very dark place. And light, Jesus Christ, has come into this woman's heart, has come into her life and is setting her free. But that's not an easy journey that she is going through right now. But again, to me, that is what we're talking about here. The blood, the bread, Jesus' body is setting that woman free. In Mark 6, it says, uh, and this is what um, we, uh, I'm sorry, this must be two. I'm sorry, I wrote down six. But Richie's been talking about, and he referred to this morning, about one of the conflicts that Jesus had with the Pharisees uh, in Mark 2. And uh, the Pharisees said, why does he, Jesus, eat with the tax collectors and sinners? And when Jesus heard it, he said to them, the Pharisees, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I came not to call the righteous, not to call the ones who think they've got it all together, not to think the, the, not to call the ones who think they've got all the answers. I came to call the sick, the sinners, the people who know they've got a problem. Um, and I, I think back to my own testimony. I fortunately thank you, Lord. I did not live in the darkness that the women at Teen Challenge are having to be set free from. But I remember very distinctly before I met Jesus when I was about 19, you know, in the the years before that, as I was a seeker trying to figure out who am I and what's life all about and this kind of stuff. And I knew that there was something missing in my life. I knew that there was this big discrepancy, this big gap between who I was and who I wanted to be. There was something in me that wanted to love, that wanted to be a certain type of person. But the reality was I wasn't. You know, when I just looked at my behavior and my attitudes and my thoughts, I wasn't loving. And there was a real conflict in me. I, why, why? Why is that this way? That was my darkness. And it was when I put my faith in Jesus and he saved me that all of a sudden there was light in my life. And I have been on a journey ever since learning. What does that mean? Who is this man? Who is this God? Who is this Savior? this Savior? Um, And many of you, if you came up here right now, if I invited you up to give your testimony, you would have that same story. You would have a story of a period of time in your life, whether it was a few years or a long, long time. Uh, I know for Bill it was 30-some-odd years before he realized, I am a sinner. I got real issues and problems in my life, and I need help. I need light. I need life. I need truth. I need Jesus. In Luke 23, um, Jesus says, and this is honestly one of, I have a hard time even understanding this. Jesus was in the upper room talking to his disciples and explaining what was about to happen. He was betrayed. He was arrested. He was brutally beaten and tortured, and he was treated so badly it's hard to even imagine And then he was nailed to a cross. And he knew that hanging on that cross, an agonizing physical death that was happening to him as he hung there, he knew the worst was yet to come. There was a moment in time that was about to occur when he was going to be separated from his father because of the sins of the world that were being put on him. And in that moment of time, my father, why have you forsaken me? But when he was on that cross, this is what he said to his father. He said, Father, forgive them. Forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. They know not what they are doing. This is the son of God, the light of the world, hanging on a cross. Who was he talking to? When he asked his father, Father, forgive them, who did he mean? Who was he talking to? He was talking about the people who literally, an hour before that, had nailed him to that cross, who over that previous 12 hours had beaten him and prosecuted him unfairly, completely made up stories and accused him of things that weren't true. He was talking to the thieves that were hanging on two crosses next to him. That, Father, forgive them. They know not what they're doing. He was frankly talking about his disciples, who he had already told every one of you through the course of this night are going to leave me. You're going to abandon me. He was talking about them. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they are doing. And frankly, he was talking to you. He was talking to me. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they are doing. And that was your story, and that's my story, until we came to faith in Jesus Christ. And that's what he's talking about in his body and his blood, is giving us the opportunity to be forgiven. And lastly, in that event up in the upper room, he says in Luke 22, And he, Jesus, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. His body was broken. His body was tortured. His body died. The human body that Jesus had brutally died that night. And it happened for me and for you. Do this in remembrance of me. That is the blessing. The blessing that we have today is to do this every single week to remember, to remember this God who is glorious and amazing in every way, is eternal and was before all things and created all things. To remember this God who is light, who has pierced the darkness, the darkness of the lives of the women at Teen Challenge, the darkness that you and I have experienced in our own lives. This God who hung on the cross, about to take on your sin, my sin, and pay the debt for everything any of us has ever done or ever will do, and to be separated from his Father, and to say out of love, Father, forgive every single one of them, because I want them to have an opportunity to put their faith in me, I'm going to, he knew he was going to rise again in three days and that when we put our trust in his death and his resurrection that we are saved. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise he took the cup and after they had eaten, he said, this cup is poured out for you is the new covenant of my blood. This is the gospel. This is the good news. This is the message that Jesus was conveying that night to his disciples in the upper room. This is good news for you. It's good news for me. For those of you, if there are anyone in this room who doesn't know Jesus, who's never um, been released or set free from that darkness in your life, who has never made that personal choice to say, I know I need a Savior. I know I need help. I know I need Jesus in my life. The gospel, the good news, is for you right now. You can make that choice. You can make that decision. You can ask Jesus into your heart, and to save you right now, in your own way, in your own heart, you can cry out to him and say, Lord, I want you, I want to love you, I want to follow you, please come into my heart and save me. And for those of you who have done that, who have made that choice in the past, this celebration, this blessing that we have is a way to remember him. Um, So it's not routine. It's not just something that we do every week because it's kind of part of doing church. It is a blessing. It is a blessing to open that little thing at the bottom and take the bread and remember his body, his physical body that was tortured and broken for me and for you. And his blood was spilt, pouring out as he hung on that cross, and that blood was to pay the debt for you and for me. So, band, you guys can go ahead and come on up. So, in a minute, um, we're going to uh, come up, and Ed, in your own way, the band is going to be playing some music as we just spend time remembering Jesus, remembering him and his broken body and his blood that was poured out. Um, and I encourage you to do that. Just remember everything who he is. Like Richie said, this is a blessing. This is a time to rejoice. It's not necessarily a somber remembrance. It can be a joyful remembrance that thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. Be thankful for everything that he has done for you. Um, so when you're ready, uh, please come on up. We don't. Whenever you are ready, there's not going to be a time where someone says, okay, uh, open the cup and do it. So come up, get the elements Go sit back down, take it as you see fit in your own timing, but remember, rejoice, be thankful for everything that Jesus has done through his body and his blood.
0: Good morning. Uh, This is just a quick reminder and an update about women's events that are coming up for this fall. So um, Bible studies are starting in September. Most of them are starting in September. And there is one change. Uh, the usual Monday evening Bible study is now changed till Tuesday evening. Um, so everybody can make it. We changed it to Tuesday. Um, and I have a sign-up sheet this week. Didn't have it last week. I miss Eileen <laughs> very much. She kind of kept me organized. Um, so we have it one this week. So I will be in the Commons with the sign-up sheet. Um, if you have any questions, let me know, or go ahead and sign up for Bible studies. And uh, then the few events that are coming up, uh, the prayer walk in October, worship evening, and then our Christmas gathering in December, um, they're on a little piece of paper. I hope you all the women got one. If not, we will give you one, just as a reminder. Keep it um, so you can put it on your calendar. Thank you.
1: Thanks, Kathy? Well, we have one reminder for youth. Uh, we've kind of had a little break with youth the past couple weeks um, from youth stuff, but this week on Wednesday, we are kicking off the fall uh, with our first youth group, and we're going to have some dinner, have some fun, have some pizza. Um, so we're kicking off this, this Wednesday, uh, and you may notice the time is a little different, 6 to 8, 15. Uh, that's actually going to be our new time for youth group, so all your parents note on that. Uh, so we'll be meeting this Wednesday, uh, and then we'll continue to meet after that uh, the regularly on Wednesdays. And I will be putting out a new calendar for all, you, all the parents. I'll be sending out an email tomorrow uh, to keep you updated on all of our youth stuff. Thanks.
2: you, Jordan. Uh, Just a couple final announcements. Um, uh, Yeah, next Sunday, uh, September 10th, uh, we're having kind of a fall kickoff um, uh, celebration service next week. Uh, It's really going to be a family day, so the service is actually going to be a little bit shorter than normal. We're going to (laughs) have... Wow. All right, let's do that again. Okay, the service is going to be a little bit shorter than normal. All right. See, the true sentiment comes out. Okay, that's good. I'm not surprised about you, Carl. Okay. Uh, But the service is going to be... I'm not saying that again. After what I said twice now already, uh, we're going to have a lot of food and we're going to have fun games and dunk tank and all sorts of stuff outside. And like Richie said this morning, it's for us to be and celebrate and enjoy one another as a family together. So just uh, be sure to... be here because we want to have fun and we're going to actually do something special next sunday too as part of that is have um, as part of fundraising for our mexico uh... uh, homes of hope uh, building trip that's going to be coming up we're going to have root beer floats Next uh, Sunday, at the family thing, so bring your money. Um, there are actually no cost for the root beer floats. It's going to just be whatever the Lord puts on your heart to donate, um, but come with an appetite and uh, ready to participate in uh, what we're going to be doing. We're also going to be having we have one baptism scheduled already for next Sunday. That'll be part of what we do as well. if anyone would like to get baptized. Absolutely not too late. Let us know this week or even uh, next Sunday morning. Hey, I, the Lord's moving me. I'd like to get baptized. So we're going to be doing baptisms as well. Um, the last announcement has to do with Mexico. Again, just a reminder that we have a group of people who are going to be going down October 29th uh, for a week, building two homes down in Ensenada. We have plenty of room for people. So if the Lord puts it on your heart, please sign up. We do need to get signups Really kind of accomplish in the next couple of weeks to get our numbers kind of solidified. If you have any questions about it, I'm happy to talk to you about that. Um, and then we have a very uh, significant fundraising goal. Again, if the Lord uh, just puts it on your heart to donate money, you can do that through any of the different ways that we donate money here. And just, uh, you know, allocate it or mark it as being for Mexico or Homes of Hope. Something that will make sure that that's where the money goes. So um, I think that that is it.
3: When Bill was doing the, uh, the opener, he talked about, the, you know, the stuff of life and things that uh, you and I are going through, have been through. Maybe this week you know already something's on the agenda that you haven't been looking forward to handling or you've been kicking the can down the road for a bit. And sometimes, you know, life happens. And if we're not careful, um, if you're like me, if you're not careful, you can tend to focus on the thing rather than the Lord. Anyone? Right. And you focus and you focus and you focus. And that thing gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And before you know it, whatever that issue is, trial, tribulation, concern, uh, sometimes it gets so big that you kind of lose perspective and you forget who's really in control. That God is still in control. And if you're a a child of God through faith in Jesus, you're part of the fam. And so he's not only God created the universe, he's your dad he's a bah, you're right, and the Bible says there's nothing too difficult for him, and uh, we're going to teach you a new song today, it's really like this anthem celebration song, reminds us that God is for us, and uh, it's by a band called City of Light, a great worship band, just very scriptural based, and their songs just come out of the word of God, and so this song is called God is for us, and it's really based on Romans eight thirty one to 39, and I wanted to read those those verses to you. As an encouragement, as a reminder, maybe for someone here or online, maybe it's something that the Lord needs you to hear hear from him about whatever you're going through. So Romans 8, 31 to 39 says this. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen? So here's what we want to do. Before we sing this song, I'm just going to give you a moment. Whatever burden you're carrying, Scripture itself says, cast your burdens on the Lord for he cares for you. So let's just come before God right now, whatever it is, from the smallest to the largest, just, just bow your head and bring it before God and cast it upon him because nothing is too difficult for him. Just give you a few moments between you and the Lord.